Today's episode is episode 213 and today's episode is called The Tortured Artist. So today I'm going to talk around this archetype. It's an archetype I would have in my mind of a tortured artist. And what I'm going to just talk about in this episode is, is it necessary? Is that part of it? Or is it simply a an archetype someone can unwillingly fall into? Because that's the idea they have in their mind about what an artist is. Just going to explore that today, the tortured artist. So I think a good place to start here is So the first point I want to talk around is just, I see art, creating art as a way of making the unconscious conscious. And in doing so, you become aware of deep-seated feelings within you. You become more aware of the feelings driving some of the behaviors collectively. So I think that is a big part of art. And in order to engage with that, I think this is where the torture can kind of come up in order to engage with that in some sort of real way. You're having to feel feelings that you wouldn't normally feel in day-to-day life. So you can see this in how uncomfortable the everyday person is around someone who is depressed and they're expressing their depression, they're expressing their ideas about the world, about how they feel about themselves and there's an inability to just hold a space for that and to be okay with that and to not have to rationalize it or not have to fix the person. So I think the artist puts himself through those feelings to be in a space where they can make some of the challenging things that are in the unconscious more conscious and there's a healing effect to it. So I think that's necessary and that can be seen as a form of torturing yourself like you're a tortured soul. But what I guess what I want to tie it to is Perhaps we're all tortured souls at some level, unconsciously, purely from having to exist in society and civilizations. Perhaps there's a sacrifice there between the individual human psyche and belonging to a collective where there needs to be agreed upon rules of behavior. So even that in itself can cause unconsciously a certain amount of pain you may not be aware of. I guess the artist's job here is to acknowledge that pain and to do something with it. Express it, do something with it that can change something. I think the thing that's difficult too with the idea of the tortured artist and that being a part of the art, it's 
it's the not taking yourself so seriously, not wrapping up your identity with your pain. That's a, that's a very tricky process. And I often see that when, if I'm doing something, I'm talking about something quite serious or that's challenging, I guess, for me emotionally, when I watch something comedic then, sometimes I can feel like I'm making a mountain out, out of molehill, which I possibly do do. But it's challenging. It's just challenging to, to, to be able to engage sincerely with challenging feelings and express that, yet at the same time exist in a space where you can take the piss of yourself. That's uh, that's very challenging, I've, I've found anyway. I guess it's just uncomfortable and it's just learning to get a bit more comfortable with that, I think. I suppose that it also ties into, it's just a part of your art and your job as an artist, the tortured part. It's a part of the human experience that's going to be a part of your art, but it's just one part of it. The other thing is that it's much better to, well, I feel anyway, it's better to actually engage with your pain and heal some of it than to live a life where you're faking it, where you just got, all you know is fake happiness and fake interactions with people. That for me is the real form of torture. That just, for me, just, I guess it depends on your personality type and what you want from your life. But for me, living a life where everything, where the majority of my interactions are fake and superficial, that's not something that I want to have in my life. I'd much prefer to actually acknowledge the real pain in my life and in some way heal or grow from that than to have it repressed in me and to never know that I was even repressed. That's another part of this. Because you can grow up in a society where there's so much doctrine there that it represses you so much that you don't even realize you're repressed. So what I've grown to kind of see in this self-imposed form of torture, some of it is actually helping to untangle some of the knots within you in terms of just the things you bottled up and becoming aware of how repressed you are, or I, I, I've been and I continue to be, just because of the culture you were brought into. You can grow up in a country that is very religious or, or Catholic and there could be a lot of doctrine in there that has deeply affected you in a negative sense in terms of repressing yourself to fit in with whatever image was created in your mind about what a good person looks like. So the tortured artist for me is the part of the artist that is willing to acknowledge the repression, heal from the repression, because that's, that's, that's a difficult thing to do because there's often like anger in there and there's 
there's a lot of challenging emotions around repression and a lot of confusion too because repression i feel is like you're repressing yourself so it's you're doing it to yourself but you've been taught to do that to yourself that's where it's very confusing it takes you know, it might take a lifetime to untangle all that stuff but i much prefer that to feel that whatever level of torture that is than to live a life where i was repressed i had no idea i was repressed because i've i've had periods in my life where i felt repressed and i had no idea that i was even repressed and again this is kind of holding space here where you're acknowledging what's really going on for you but not getting weighed down by it so it's acknowledging it to move forward it's not acknowledging it to stay stuck in it and identify with it and to have a pity party and to feel sorry for yourself it's acknowledging the pain to learn from it and to move forward i think that's the job of the tortured artist it's not to be consumed in that i think that's the fear i would have around that archetype is becoming someone who sees their torment sees their torture and lives in it and gets some sort of weird satisfaction from that because there's, there's a and i think did anthony mention it in one of the recent episodes the interviews i did but it, you can become addicted to feelings that that logically makes no sense people can become addicted to guilt or addicted to these kind of feelings because they get something out of it or they're so identified with it they, they don't know how else to live so that's something that I would have in mind that you don't you don't want to like engage in your art and for it to consume you. It's just become a two-dimensional archetype. It's I suppose it's engaging with the entirety of it. Entirety. It's a messy. I suppose it's a messy experience. And uh, yeah, that's that part there. And then just another part here is that. Like being a human being is inherently painful. There's layers of pain to the human experience because we interact with other people day to day that can have entirely different worldviews than we do. And it's a challenge to communicate effectively with that, especially if our mental models of the world aren't any way close to accurate representations of the world. I think communication becomes a, it becomes there's le- a bit less friction the closer your mental models are to reality. That's what I've grown to kind of see in my life. There's certain mental models, like separate realities, that have helped me to communicate better, to listen to other people more often just because of that one concept, just their own separate realities. Without that mental model though, it makes it more challenging for me to communicate. Well, I've had that experience because what tends to happen when you don't have a mental model like separate realities in your awareness and your embodiment is that you'll just assume that other people think like you. And if they don't think like you, you think they should think like you. It's kind of that type of thinking. And that type of thinking I don't even know if people can even communicate effectively with that type of thinking. 
I think with that type of thinking, you're stuck in the illusion of communication more so than actual communication. So that that's a painful experience. There's probably a good portion of people in the world that live without these types of mental models that make communication really difficult. And because communication is difficult, it will lead to a sense of not feeling seen and heard by other people, which are feelings that are difficult to live with. And you might never know you're living with them. I, I've experienced that. I've, I've, I've gone through portions of my life where I haven't felt seen and heard by the people around me. And I didn't even know that those feelings were there, that I felt that way. And I didn't know how painful that feels to live in a world where you feel like nobody actually sees you or hears you or wants to get to know you, get to, get to know the real you. I think there's many people that live with that experience and they don't know they're living with that experience. And I guess that's the job of the tortured artist here is to engage with the, those types of pain in your own life, grow from it, see what you learn that helps you to move from that space. And that creates some sort of bridge for the people who engage with your work to get to a better space themselves, mentally, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually. I think therapy is a big one too, whatever form of therapy works for you. I think it's a big one for transforming depression, heavy feelings into something that's healing. So I've noticed that in my life that I've possibly, I think I've, I've felt more depressed in recent years than before I started to work on the podcast or do my writing. But the pain is actually different. Because there's, I'm actually working through it. So it wasn't like I didn't feel depressed before I started doing this. It was just that I was unaware of it because it just felt so much like reality. And so much of it was just repressed too. I lived in a world where it wasn't okay to express your sadness or it wasn't okay to express your doubts about things. So you just bottle them up. And if anything, you just kind of feel numb more so than depressed. And today, I'd prefer to feel depressed than numb, even though feeling like feeling these kind of heavier feelings, it's challenging. Don't get me wrong. That's why I think work with a therapist or someone that can help you to work through these feelings and to make sense of them in your own way. But that, that's a normal, like for me, I guess I'm, what I'm trying to talk about is I, I feel these kind of more challenging feelings more frequently than I used to. And it's, it's primarily because I, I just want to feel, I want to recognize what's going on for me. I want to be aware of the people in my environment and like to, in some way, if I can help them, I, I really want this connection. Like I just want to connect with people and to, um, I suppose, Give them the experience of feeling seen and heard in the same way that I want to feel seen and heard by other people 
and by myself as well. That's why I pay attention to myself more often today than I used to. Because it's, it's, I guess it's, it's training you, like when you're present with yourself, when you train yourself to be present with yourself, then that's something you can give to other people. But if you're not comfortable with yourself, if you can't be present with yourself, you can't be present with other people either. So I think presence comes first and foremost from an ability to be present with yourself, comfortable in your own company. And it just makes it so much more easier than to be present with other people and to give them the sense of feeling heard. So that's a, that's a big one, I think, with art in general, is that the, I suppose one of the biggest things I've seen in terms of me relating to other people is that through this creative outlet, by being creative, it's helped me to appreciate other people and I feel less in competition with them in the way I used to when I was in school. It feels less like a threat. So when I'm talking to people today, I'm actually curious about how they see the world more so than when I was in that more competitive state in school, it was more about judging what they're saying, whether it was right or wrong, whether it was smart or stupid. It was more, more that model I was operating from. But since I started working on this, it's helped me to get curious about other people's experience of life. And again, I guess that connects back to some of the mental models that I've taken on board, like living in separate realities. That's helped me to appreciate that we've all got different experiences of life and that I, I guess I'm learning to value the connection part with other people is possibly one of the most important things in life and a lot of the activity that I could be engaging in could be roundabout ways of gaining that sense of connection with people. That's a good thing to put out there to think about. Just put out this question like what is the what is it you're looking for? What's the most important thing to you? Uh, I think that's a good guiding question. Something you can let unfold over time. Don't need to jump to a, an answer right now. But I, it, I think it maybe I suppose it brings an unknown element into your awareness and the possibility that Maybe life could be simpler. Maybe it could be simpler. That's a, I suppose a good thing about, about that type of guiding question. And that's it. There are the things I wanted to talk today about the tortured artist. I think the main thing I, I just wanted to talk about, like if you're someone listening in and you're pursuing your creative path, then there's a good chance that you will feel challenging feelings because it's part of, part of the work you're doing. And yes, I'm trying to just normalize it what I've learned to do, what I'm learning to do, is sit more with these feelings. Don't analyze them so much, don't judge them so much, feel them, express them. And yeah, I think that that's the art form. It's, it's, it's kind of 
treating these feelings, treating feelings as you would people. I've kind of noticed that there's, there's certain feelings that I bottle up simply because they feel uncomfortable. I could think of that in the sense of if I went into a room of people and I met new people that I'd never met before, there's a certain discomfort there around the unknown, not knowing what these people are going to be like. And automatically, my automatic way of being could be to shut them out, not listen to them, not interact with them. That's, that's, that's so you can think about feelings like that. That's, that way of thinking has kind of helped me as well in recent years to think about the feelings in terms of interacting with human beings, with other people. It's giving someone a chance and understanding that they might have a perspective that could be helpful. That's the way I have learned to kind of treat feelings, especially the more challenging feelings. Because just like human beings, if you ignore person for long enough if you ignore a child if you were a child and you ignore them they're just going to get more aggressive with you to grab your attention so it's um it's learning to yeah it's learning to kind of think about feelings in similar ways i found that like uh useful and it's also quite enjoyable as well to it's kind of more of a a it's more of just something to unravel, something to to learn. But that's it. They're the main things I wanted to talk about today. Hope that's been of use, been of value. Thanks again for listening, and I will speak to you on the next episode.